Hello, bienvenue and welcome to Oblivious Book Review, the podcast where we speak about our recent readings and a lot of other things. Today, your hosts are Sander and Elio, and today we are going to speak about The Ravens, The Secret War in Laos by Christopher Robbins. I um, I read a book lately about uh, um, Christopher. What's his name again? Christopher Robbins. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, you've been telling me about it. I want to hear more because he wrote a book about uh, ravens. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a biology book. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Almost. Well, the name it would say it is about uh, birds, but. Technically, it's about uh, uh, pilots, uh, military fighter pilots, uh-huh. during the secret war in Laos. And the secret war. Secret war. Yeah, they, they. It, it is a secret war because nobody was allowed to know it was a war in Laos. Back the, back in the days during the Vietnam War, the. Um, Thai people, 
with the same religion and almost the same uh, language, actually. What's the religion they have over there again? Um, Buddhism. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, and uh, the other half of the population in Laos is a variety of different tribes. And these tribes live in the jungle up in the mountains, so there are very, very little knowledge about the different uh, tribes around there. Um, okay. And um, one of these tribes plays quite an important role in doing this secret war because they became more or less like an ally with uh, the Americans. Right. Um, Tell me again, so France had Laos? Yeah, oh yeah. And then Japan took over Laos yeah. during the World War? Yeah. And then France tried to take it back after the World yeah, War? Yeah, because they thought it, it's their, still their kind of property. You want to regain, <laughs> reclaim your land again, I would say. <laughs> reclaim the whole but land! Of course, uh, there was like a power for, uh, vacuum uh, after '45. And uh, Vietnam. Well, it's a moment of time where there is not really a central government in place. Oh, yeah. Or that well, for France, because of course France was still recuperating from the war in Europe. Mm. So they had the resources more needed in France than in Southeast Asia. But eventually the, the French came with an army in, I don't know, in the 50s or so again, or 48, something like that. Mm -hmm. But Vietnam was already really um, pushing forward to for independence. So the fightings broke out between uh, France and Vietnam. And not really with Laos because nobody cared about Laos and there was not really <laughs> fighting anyway. So, um, were the Japanese still there or were they back to their country? Yeah, they were defeated, yeah. Uh -huh. yeah, yeah, by the Americans. And then the, yeah, they used the a funky tool to defeat them. Yeah, very effective. <laughs> <laughs> Not so nice. <laughs> no. And um, so yeah, the, the fighting with Vietnam became more intense and uh, they entered as well the, the regions of uh, Laos where French army forces were as well. And mm -hmm. to uh, protect the Lao people, the French signed a kind of an agreement with the Laos, the, the king of Laos, and uh, that they were like friends, like allies. <laughs> You're my yeah. friend. And which they, this as well meant that they protect them against enemy forces, which means that France had to fight against Vietnamese because they kind of came over to Laos. It seems like everyone wants to get Laos. Like, there must be something interesting there. Is it just a nice vacation place or you have some kind no. of uh, minerals maybe? Yeah, of course. Uh, probably the jungle. Uh, of course, if you cut the, cut the, the jungle, yeah, you have a, maybe a lot of value, but I guess the, the, the real value of the resources is in the ground. Like, I, I guess there's a lot of gold or silver in there containing in those mm -hmm. remote areas. But um, the, the ultimate goal, for, for the Vietnamese is becoming uh, independent and uh, one of their goals as well is to establish uh, a communistic rule in Vietnam but also in other regions of Indochina like Laos and Cambodia. Mm. So that's how this power struggle started. And this must not have pleased the Americans that were mm. making a war against communism no. after the Second World War. No, the, that's the, the Cold War era. 
Yeah. And the French were fighting uh, the Vietnamese with support of America. Mm -hmm. And there was a very um, decisive battle in uh, Vietnam. That's called DNP. Who I think <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to pronounce, <laughs> but the French got, got badly beaten by the Vietnamese. Um, I guess that's a scam that didn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I, I don't know that. What I remember from the book was they told like there were sixteen thousand French army forces, and from after that battle, only six hundred survived. So we still uh, that's. A link with the 600 French people that were ruling Laos before. <laughs> it seems like there can't be more than 600 French people in Laos, otherwise shit happens. Yeah, yeah, it's a magic number. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that after the battle, uh, the French retreated, and uh, yeah, then more or less more Vietnamese forces came into Laos, mm -hmm. and. Uh, and of course, uh, America was involved as well, and as the Soviet Union moved back to more or less the Vietnamese forces, but of uh, armies and supplies, and Americans did it on the side with Laos as well. And it came onto to a point that uh, those forces uh, became so involved with each other that they had almost like an uh, an uh, standoff in Laos between Soviet Union and America. Mm -hmm. Like uh, a co confrontation between the two powers. It was a distance battleground, a playground for them. Yeah, uh, but uh, uh, it became so heated that they decided to that Laos was not worth to fight for because <laughs> it was so remote and very difficult to get access to it. They decided to sign off like an agreement between Soviet Union and America mm. that they recognized Laos as an independent state. Yeah, it was too costly to fight for Laos, yeah. so let's fight over things that can uh, bring us something. Yeah, like Vietnam. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but what's the link with the Ravens you mentioned before? Yeah, so that's I'm going slowly to it because uh, this is quite important because the agreement what America and Soviet Union signed was that they uh, recognized the independence of Laos, which means that it should be an independent country mm -hmm. without influence of other military. In uh, entities. I see a bet coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, um, and they said to each other that they would use the influence to keep the allies back off, not to get in the country. But of course, the Vietnamese didn't uh, care about that. They once they came over into Laos. Of course, the Vietnamese didn't care. <laughs> Is it a thing Vietnamese usually do? Well, during that time as well, it's important to know there was still a Vietnam, Vietnam War happening. Mm -hmm. And America supported the South Vietnamese with forces. They had military in such, uh, South Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And they fought against the North Vietnam. And, um, and one of the ways for the North Vietnam to get supplies into South Vietnam is going through Laos. Uh -huh. And that's that's was a strategic point. That's yeah. why they wanted it. Yeah, so okay. that's why Viet North Vietnamese had to go to Laos, but because of America was bound to this treaty that they ended up allowed to get any military in Laos, they had to come up with a kind of a trick or a cover mission, and this is how the secret war ended in Laos. Ah uh -huh. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. So, and this is one of the ways how. Ravens is a very small story of a very big military operation in Laos.
mm-hmm. because Ravens is uh, a, a little detachment of the Air Force of America, and those are pilots mm-hmm. who are flying uh, in, uh, if, yeah, like uh, airplanes that try to spot enemy movements, like units, but you have to try to imagine that uh, Laos is covered by jungle and mountains, so it does not really help to have very high bombers, Mm -hmm. airplanes, so you need some airplane who is going low over the ground and look out for any trucks or tanks or people moving down this trail to South Vietnam. Wow, they were going very low? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so uh, actually these uh, guys' um, job was just to identify those um, enemy units. Mm-hmm. But what they do as well is they say, okay, here's some, some truck there, I don't know. And they shoot kind of an, an, a smoke grenade to it to mark the, the position. And then the bomber comes in and bombs the place. That's what they do. That seems like they could make a lot of mistakes if they bomb any truck. Yeah, that's... That's what a lot of the high command would say. That would be more efficient to go up and uh, bomb everything than someone small looking out. But actually, it's not uh, true because uh, true. I don't know actually. They what in the book said it was more efficient to have a spotter than someone with a high a high altitude bomber who has a carpet bombing for the whole area. Okay, yeah, it's it's more targeted bombing. Yeah, it's more. More uh, casualty rate was higher, I guess. How you say, uh, hitting rate. Yeah. 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 Well, that's but, what they say. But for the uh, the pilots themselves, the the ravens, uh, this job was really dangerous because yeah. the the casualty rates, what it was t- told in the book, was more than fifty percent. Fifty percent of yeah. the ravens were shot during the yeah. recognition flights yeah. during this no, uh, scouting uh, flights. No more, yeah, no, for example, those guys made uh, more than 10 hours of combat flights mm-hmm. per day, per, per, per day. Per day? Yeah, oh, not per day, yeah, if they have to fly into combat, yeah, they have to make more than 10 hours usually. Oh, and they yeah, got I guess not every day. No. <laughs> because that's not okay, in France you're not uh, allowed to work more than 35 hours per week. True. So it's, it's it could not work. It's also a very heavy job if you're working behind <laughs> the desk, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so that sounds to me like really a, an American uh, method to do what they call a chirurgical strike. It's like if you see something, you bomb it. Yeah. That's a chirurgical strike. Yeah. They do it still. Precision. They do it still with the drones, right? Yes. With the modern technology. Now the, the operator is somewhere safe in America behind the screen. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in those days, they used um, those ravens to spot any enemy, enemy unit, and we didn't have the same technology as we have today. No, definitely not. Wow, something much more human like. Well, yeah, but uh, what this book, what to try to to get as well as try to put a more adventurous type of uh, aurora around it. Uh-huh. Those guys were like. Not normal military people, more like people with cowboy boots and hats, <laughs> and because they also they were uh, not allowed to be military. They looked like civilians, mm-hmm. so um, so they could wear what they like. They were wearing t-shirts or without or whatever, and cool people. 
Yeah, cool and I'm not sure they're cool. Probably a little bit crazy. We would say they were crazy <laughs> <laughs> because if you get shot every mission and usually those planes got like um, a dozen of bullet holes in it yeah. and they fly back and they uh, repair it with t uh, tape. <laughs> can fix everything. Yeah, with uh, they, they with flex tape. <laughs> yeah, with duct tape. <laughs> well, yeah, the the story itself was quite interesting. How I think how how easy it is to get dragged something like in a war, you know, and as a person, you mean? No, the whole conflict itself, like how Laos, it's, the country itself, is not. Uh, wanted to go in war because, but only because it was at that moment an important strategical for North uh, Vietnam. Mm -hmm. So it got dragged into it, it although they didn't want to. And um, and also um, one of the important ways and how the Americans were fighting during then because they didn't have any uh, ground. Uh, Military ground units. They had those guerrilla fighters, which were guerrilla, guerrilla, like the animal, guerrilla, guerrilla. I mean guerrilla. Oh, guerrilla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they had some monkey fighters. Yeah, and uh, that was an a small ethnical group called uh, Mio Mao Mio. Mm -hmm. That was one of those uh, hill uh, tribe people, and. Uh, that's where they come into play. Well, yeah, they did uh, the real combat fighting for the Americans, and the Americans were providing the the air support, I would say. But of course, there was uh, the people, the Mio people were too little, and they could not make much. They probably did a lot of good fighting, mm -hmm. but they could not uh, compete against the North, North Vietnamese. They had much more uh, manpower, and in the end, they lost. A lot of yeah ground to mm -hmm. North Vietnam. And what was the North Vietnam uh, f financing coming from? Was it coming from Russia and China probably? Okay, so Most it likely. was really a fight of communism yeah. against capitalism yeah. in Vietnam. Yeah, and uh, also the American theory behind this all is like because Laos was kind of a very important uh, factor in this region. Mm -hmm. They had like the, the theory of, uh, uh, no, I don't know, if I, I falling stones. So if Laos would fall, the rest of Indochina would fall as well, like Cambodia and South Vietnam. Yeah, I hope that before. Yeah. But by hearing that, don't, I'm don't thinking, like, what did the Russian think of that? Did they think that if Vietnam fall, the entire Southeast Asia will fall to capitalism? Uh, what did they think of all of this operation? Yeah, probably know. have done their fair share as well. Yeah. I well, I actually don't know what the Russian would think. Yeah. I mean, for them was more. I actually don't know why it was so important to have this war anyway. There, you know, like the food. They had really good food. Rice. <laughs> <laughs> they have the best rice in all of Southeast Asia. Yeah. How much of this kind of war, in this war, how much do you think pride was involved? Like there is a resources in that place, there is the fact that you want to impose your ideology and you don't want the other ideology to win there, so like you, you kick it out. Do you think there was a part of pride into this kind of wars? In the beginning, for them, for the Americans? 
in the beginning. Yeah, but in the beginning it was very idealistic, uh, capitalism against Soviet communism. Yeah. But I think how the war would drag, because this war was like two decades. Yeah, that's a, a war that has to be financed by distant, yeah. powerful nations. Otherwise, yeah. a war cannot stand for so long because nobody has enough money to no. get a war for so long. No. War is costly. Very costly, yeah. And also, um, the pride, I guess. Yeah, of course, the pride for the Americans, but after a while, they question themselves what's the use to go to this land and sacrifice our people for the cause of. I don't know for what you know. Mm. I don't know. I, I think a lot of. Do you really think the Americans are that much afraid or concerned about losing humans and not more losing economical power? Yeah, but then yeah, for the politicians probably. Um, if I tell you, oh, we lost a hundred thousand men or two hundred thousand men, it makes you feel the same way. Yeah, yeah, it's an, it's, it's just a figure. Yeah, but it's twice as many people. Yeah. But if it is your own military man, that's different. For the American. That might be depends on the politician. Yeah. <laughs> no, but for the uh, for your normal people, I, of course, I know a little bit of the history of Vietnam that there was a lot of uh, protests against uh, Vietnam War in the United States after in the 70s. And yeah. So there was a lot of uh, social unrest about it. So. I think, yeah, and I, I've, I guess I have the feeling that once you're in the war, it is very difficult to get <laughs> out of it. Yeah, and it, you think, okay, we put more people and then more people and then more, and it just escalate. And there was one sentence I remember that because Americans saw that the Vietnamese didn't back down, and they, what they thought that was supposed to bomb more. Yeah. So they said uh, in the beginning of this war we bombed maybe I don't know this amount of uh, bombs in mm -hmm. Laos, which killed maybe uh, uh, one to three Vietnamese. Mm -hmm. So, but they said okay, but still two will live, so we have to bomb more. But in the <laughs> end, uh, Viet the Vietnamese would send maybe five more, so in the end the balance would be equal again. So, but more people will die. More Vietnamese people would die of the bombs, but they are still more ready to fight yeah. because of the bombing. Yeah. Do you think this can be similar to what America is doing in the Middle East now, or what big nations are doing for into petrol nation now? Do you think it's that different? Did we change or did we not? In the end, in the end, it's uh, <laughs> uh, resources. Well, uh, yeah, resources. Yeah, access to resources and. And we need those resources, I guess, for uh, to keep our economy going. Yeah. So, what from your ethics, what do you think is good to go wage war on people who ask for nothing, just as just sitting on resources? So we wage war, or if we don't do it, to have people in your own land suffer and uh, lose their job and uh, have less uh, buying power? What do you think is the worst? Taking care of your people, going to attack people who have said nothing, what's what's the ethical thing to, to do? Given the fact if you had the choice. Sometimes I guess you don't really have the choice. Well, okay, so if I would think about it, yeah, 
I would first look for in my own environment, you know, that's what humans will do. Mm -hmm. So you see your own environment, oh, there's a high employment, la la la, mm -hmm. or you don't care what happens far away, you know, it's, it's, you don't not, feel like it's it. the same like how it is, like you buy a product which is so cheap and it's been made by children's hands in Bangladesh or something. Yeah. You go to H&M and buy very cheap clothes because... Yeah, those clothes are very cheaply made in, yeah, in Bangladesh or in China or whatever. Mm. I think that's a little, a little bit related to the same question or to the war warfare in, in, in Southeast Asia, but also what is happening in these days in Africa. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you think because we don't feel related to these people, we don't know, don't see, and don't know anyone who knows them? No. The choice we tend to make is let's go send some people wage war, 600 French people to wage war on them and then gather the resources so we can have a, a better life where we are. Yeah, that's very, I think that, yeah, but of course it's not good. It doesn't sound good, but it's what we do. Yeah. So I, I'm not blaming either you or, or I right now, I'm just thinking that's what humans do. That's why we can involve so many people until getting some ravens to fly and uh, sacrifice their life <laughs> so we can get this strategical yeah. position for an ideology. Yeah. This for problem. To open some more but commerce the, routes. But this thing is, of course, it repeats itself again. Yeah, of course, back then was communism, uh, capitalism, but now it's Muslim against, I don't know, uh, Christian, you know, kind mm -hmm. of ideal thing. I wonder if it's that clear today. Like I heard a lot of people complaining that before, at least you knew who the enemy was. And now you don't really. There is not really an enemy now, there's just a possible money to make. Yeah. Of course there's not two polar world how it was. Exactly, it's just polarized. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. This is good for the people who study geopolitics, I guess. It makes it uh, much more interesting for them and they are much more needed. Yeah. So it's good for their job and, and for their employment. Yeah, but it's, it's, if you look at it from, from a very high hierarchical point of view, mm -hmm. like a, for the politician point of view, it's just geopolitical stuff, you know. But if you zoom in like this book did on a very local level, yeah, it's, it's very, 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 uh, um, very detailed or close to the people. Yeah, but very horrible what happened. Tell me about what you know from the book. Because, yeah, I mean, those those pilots had uh, kind of an extraordinarily adventurous life period. Mm -hmm. But what happened down there, it's, I mean, uh, the Americans bombed this country so much and um, the population who had to suffer under it because if you bomb it, like carpet bombing, you cannot put a size bomb, so your bomb has a lot of casual damage as well. And That's a nice way to put it, casual damage. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of livestock lost and people lost. And actually, the, the Mao people, what I remember from this book is that uh, they were fighting a lot, but uh, after a while, they didn't have not enough. Um, young men anymore, so they had to recruit people below 13 years. Yeah, that's not a good sign when you no. start to do that. No, and and also 
um, after uh, Vietnam and America signed, uh, I think, like an agreement that America would withdraw or something like that and go back to America, of course they had to leave Laos as well, mm -hmm. which meant the North Vietnamese came into Laos and put their communistic rule into Laos. Mm -hmm. And of course that the Mao were fighting against them were an enemy. And this um, this group of people, Which had, one? Uh, the Mao people, yeah. they got... Um, the tribe. The tribe, yeah. They got more or less wiped out in Laos after that. Yeah. Are there some still alive to tell the story? Yeah, I mean, there are maybe a few left in Laos, but the majority is in Thailand as a refugee. Mm -hmm. And they still live in refugee camps close to the border. Still nowadays. Yeah, and they and also a big majority moved to the United States. But that was like 50 years ago, no? Yeah, but uh, Thailand does not recognize them as a as an, uh, refugee. So you have a population of people that are in between Laos and Thailand. Yeah. I mean. That's crazy to think that these people, just because you think they are that yeah. way and you, you put a stamp like this on them, then they will have this kind of life. Mm. Yeah, they are. Yeah, that's really... But yeah, of course, how they describe like these uh, atrocities of war, women and children getting raped and everything. And mm. They're raping the house and yeah, the women. Everything. So, for that population, for the male, male uh, uh, group mm. they got really very bad out of the war and Americans promised them to help them but which they didn't do of course they didn't no they didn't no they did only took care of themselves so, <laughs> yeah. and actually the fighter pilots the Ravens are very upset about it because they fought very closely with them and they got really a lot of respect for these people so the and Ravens were not Americans yeah they were Americans yeah. okay they were Americans um, soldiers. So, so they, they met the Mao people and now they're pissed because their friends, their former friends, have been left uh, yeah, as a slave. Yeah, the ravens are very. But the, the description of those people in the book, uh, they're very uh, unhappy about it to how America handled the, the treatment of Laos and how everything went there. Yeah. Mm, what, what did they do? What do you mean, what they. What did the ravens do to because they were unhappy about how Mao people are being treated? They tried. Well, there were a few individuals who tried to get the Mao, some of the Mao people back to the United States as a refugee. Nice. But they also had the non-profit organization, one to make a reunion every year, but also to to um, collect money and donate it to people in Laos who are being affected by this the war. There are so many things yeah. in the world we don't know about. Yeah. And they actually support as well the, 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 how you say it again, the mining process. The, because Laos has been so badly bombed, mm -hmm. it became the most bombed country in the world. <laughs> Yay, success, champion of the world. Yeah, for a population for 3 million, you know, <laughs> it's crazy. So And 600 French. There's no French anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably there's back again yeah, some French, actually. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, NGOs in, in Laos trying to get the mines out of the ground again. Actually, uh, 
uh, I, saw, I saw myself a few of those uh, stuff happening uh -huh. when I was traveling in uh, Laos. And there were also areas I could not walk because and maybe be mines and yeah, yeah, or bombs or whatever. Yeah. Wow, that sounds like a very different life from what we have. Mm, yeah. If you go in the forest for a hike and you're not sure there will be an old bomb or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, there is something else you want to tell me about that book? I think that's covered almost everything about the book itself. Yeah. 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 Well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you too for listening. Thank <laughs> you.